Curly Conspiracies is a part of DarkCast Network. Hi everyone, this is Curly Conspiracies. I'm Holly Lowerman and I will be your host this week. Here with me is Brooke Sasser. Hi everyone. What if you were just in your house, relaxing from a long day, and notice a strange liquid in between the tiles and the floor? Then when you take a closer look, you realize the liquid is red and it looks a whole lot like blood. Then you see it's not only there, but in other places within your house too, and you can't figure out where it's coming from. Then what if I told you that this actually happened to a family in the 1980s? Today, we are going to be discussing the story of the Bleeding House. So let's put on our tinfoil hats and dig into this blood-curling mystery. It was 1987 in Atlanta, Georgia, where Minnie Clyde Winston lived with her husband, William Winston, at 1114 Fountain Drive for over 20 years. The house that they lived in was made of brick and built in 1945. There were six rooms in total, including three bedrooms and a basement. Minnie was 77 while her husband was 79, so their children were all out of the house and had families of their own. William's health was starting to decline, though. His kidneys were failing, and Minnie had to take care of him. Her husband would have to go through dialysis regularly for his blood to be cleansed, and this would leave them both exhausted with her husband going through dialysis and Minnie taking care of him. So on the evening of September 8th, To relax, Minnie decided to take a bath and unwind from the long day that she had had. It was almost midnight by this point, but this was the first moment that she had all day. William was tired as well and was already in bed fast asleep by this point. Minnie was just stepping out of the bathtub when she stepped in something wet, but The thing was, it didn't have the same consistency as water. It was thicker. When she looked down, she noticed that the liquid was coming up through the bathroom floor, pooling on one side of the bathroom. As she stated to the newspaper, it was coming up through the floor like a sprinkler. That's so bizarre. I know, and of course, she immediately yells for her husband, thinking that maybe some animal had gotten into the house and had gotten wounded. But when her husband didn't reply, she panicked. She called out again for her husband, stepped out of the bathroom, and that is when she saw William on the other side of the hallway. He had a very concerned look on his face, similar to the expression that Minnie had on hers. It wasn't because he was injured, though. William didn't have any blood on him. It was because the situation did not only pertain to the bathroom. It was everywhere. Red liquid was seeping through the walls in one of the bedrooms, between the kitchen cabinets, in crawl spaces in the basement, and even underneath the television. 
They quickly realized that this was not just an animal that possibly got injured and stumbled into their house. This was something much, much worse. Not knowing where the source of the liquid was coming from or what had happened, they immediately called the police. And can you just imagine how that phone call went? Yes, we need the police. Our house has a red liquid everywhere and it looks like blood. So we think our house is bleeding. I'm sorry, what? Your what is bleeding? I can just (sighs) imagine that would be a weird conversation. Yeah, they definitely thought it was probably a prank call at first. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it just sounded so outlandish. Eventually, though, they did send an EMS to the house. But they were confused with the whole situation, though, because the EMS had assumed that one of the people at the scene would have been bleeding, but both William and Winnie were both fine. No injuries, nothing. They really didn't understand what they were getting into before they had arrived at the house, so they assumed one of them had been hurt. Because it wasn't technically a medical emergency, they left, but they did tell them that the police were on the way and they would investigate the situation further. Detective Steve Cartwright arrived on the scene. He saw everything that the Winstons had seen. His first thought was that someone had broken into the house, got injured, and left. The problem was there were no signs of a break-in. They even looked to make sure no one was still hiding in the house, but there was no one else. The police asked the Winstons if anyone had visited them that night, but no one had come to their house at all that day. They were blown away by the amount of red liquid within the house. Their thoughts started swirling, trying to make sense of it all, but they were stumped as to where it came from or what it even was. Detective Steve Cartwright had never seen anything like this in his 10 years of working in the force, but he wanted to try to remain optimistic about it. Because there were no signs of a break-in, he thought it might have had something to do with her husband's dialysis. He had to get his blood cleaned every day, so what if that blood somehow got all over the house? But they went to a medical facility every day for the dialysis treatment, so that wouldn't make sense. The next thought was maybe it could have been an animal like the Winstons originally thought, but a larger one like a deer or a bear or something of that size that was bleeding came into the house and got out before the Winstons even found out it was there. I mean, I get that they were both tired and that William was asleep, but I have a difficult time believing they wouldn't have seen or heard a deer or bear or something in their house. I mean, did they leave a door or window open for detectives to think that, or did they have any pets? No, all of the doors and windows were closed, and they didn't have any pets. So if an animal did come in, it would have had to break through a window or something. Someone definitely would have heard that, I feel like. And also, I've seen videos of deers and bears accidentally coming into houses, and if it was wounded, I think it would have made a lot of ruckus, breaking things or running into furniture. I don't I don't know if I believe this. <laughs> yeah, and here's the thing as well. Winnie told police she locked their doors at 9.30 and their house was clean at that time. 
They also installed a security alarm, but that never went off. So nothing could have come in or out of that house besides the strange red liquid somehow. Before we dig further into the investigation, let's take a quick commercial break. Are you finding everyday life boring? Finding work becoming stressful? Are you looking for something to distract yourself? And maybe learn something while getting distracted. Try tuning in to Weird Distractions Podcast, a weekly podcast hosted by me, Alex Underbaki, And me, Christy McCann, where we rotate between true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, folklore, and more. All things that most people would consider weird. Which is what we're all about. You can stream Weird Distractions Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you need a distraction, we got you. Now back to the show. While officials were at the house, samples of the liquid were taken and seeing that there was no immediate threat, detectives finished the report and left because they just really didn't know what else to do. They figured they would just wait for the results of the sample to come in before continuing on with the investigation. Now, all the Winstons could do was just wait, and it just felt like torture. I mean, they continued on with their daily lives, trying not to worry about what had happened in their house, but it was very difficult because they were really scared. I mean, and especially, what if it happened again? A few days later, police came back to the house to deliver the news. The results of the sample from the house came in. That strange red liquid that was smeared on their walls and seeping through their floors in their basement and in between the kitchen cabinets was real human blood. Wait, so they did a test and it confirmed that it was human blood pouring through their walls? Correct. That is so creepy. So did they ever test to see if it was like the Winston's blood? They did. The Winstons both had type A blood. The sample from the house was type O blood, so it couldn't have come from them. The police even confirmed with the medical facility that William was going to and Winnie's doctor just to make sure. And it was confirmed. The Winstons did not have the same blood type as the one found in their house. So whose blood was it? Do you know how rare the type O blood is? Like, is it one of the rarest? I thought it was one of the rarest too. But when I looked it up, O positive blood is actually the most common blood type. Now, I don't know whether it was O positive or O negative, but it is fairly common. So it I thought it was rare too, but it's not. I don't know. This I don't know if that makes it more creepy or less creepy, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just thought for sure that the red liquid test that would come back would would be undetermined. I don't know. It's so creepy that they determined it to be human blood. Yeah, it really is. And many Winston was kind of hoping that it would come back as like a rust mixed with water that can sometimes look red like blood. But unfortunately, that was not the case. By this point, the blood house was all over the newspapers and the media. Everyone wanted to know more. Whose blood was it? Where did it come from? How did it get in their house? Amateur investigators and reporters even tried coming to the house to see if they could solve the case, but they had no luck. The Winstons were tired of the constant phone calls and random people showing up on their doorstep. 
They wanted to be left alone. They even shouted at the reporters, there's no blood in this house. Now get away from here. And I don't want anything more to do with it. Just leave us alone. They were not the only ones frustrated, though. The police were, too. According to the New York Times article about the mystery on September 12, 1987, quote, We have no leads at this time, said Police Lieutenant Horace Walker. We will continue a routine investigation, and if we find that no crime was committed, we're through with it. As we see it now, there has been no crime, end quote. There hasn't been a crime? I don't know. I mean, they literally found someone's blood all throughout their house and they don't seem concerned at all. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. And that's exactly how I took this statement, because it seems like his tone almost seems more annoyed that he's having to spend time on this rather than being concerned that, you know, someone's blood is all over somebody else's house. And later on in the article, he does mention that it could have been a hoax and he's worried that he doesn't have any leads. But then he says, we're just going to be through with investigating it. That's it. Even if they think it's a hoax and the Winstons were behind it, I I mean, something illegal still would have had to have taken place because we know it's not their blood. So so they they somehow (laughs) obtained somebody's blood, which which doesn't seem legal. No, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's illegal. I mean, what do I know? But yeah, sounds illegal to me. Right. I don't know the blood laws. And in this same article, it also stated that the same blood specialists that took samples also took note of how the blood was pooling, smeared, and how it looked in different places around the house. And from that, they made the conclusion that they don't believe it to be a homicide either. But officials kept going back and forth on the what the ongoing theory was for this case. In one article, they would say they thought it was a hoax. And then in the next article, reporters would state that the detectives don't believe it was a hoax. And this was the same for other theories as well, such as homicide or an intruder. They really didn't know which way to go. They just kept going back and forth. The problem was they didn't have anywhere else to go. With no leads, no suspects, and no further incidents with the house, they sooner or later stopped the investigation altogether. The Winstons were glad that they didn't have the constant chaos of reporters, but they were also discouraged that nothing was ever solved. Later on in the same year, Minnie Winston agreed to an interview with Kurt Rowlett, who was a writer. He asked her what she thought had happened, and her response was, quote, rust and mud mixed with water, end quote. This confused Rowlett because the substance was officially tested by blood specialists, and it was without a doubt human blood. Many even stated later on in the interview that if it was real blood, that she wouldn't stay in the house and she would have moved. In other interviews, Minnie said that the red liquid was red dye that came from the rug that night or contaminated leaky pipes. According to Medium.com, Rolly believes that this whole experience might have been so traumatic that she was in denial and didn't want to relive that part of her life. 
I kind of get that. I mean, all those people coming up to your house, calling you all the time, never getting any privacy. It's got to be difficult enough by itself, let alone her house was filled with somebody's blood and they had no idea whose it was. That's a lot for someone to go through. Yeah, I, I would think so. I still feel like I have a lot of questions, though, and one that I've been dying to ask is, were there any photos taken? So there were photos taken, but don't get your hopes up because I have only been able to find two that have ever been released to the public, and one is of Minnie and William Winston, and the other one is two people checking out the bloodstains in the basement, but the photos are in black and white. And honestly, I can't even see where there's even blood in the picture. And also, while I was reading sources, there wasn't a lot of detail about how the blood looked on the walls or on the floor. Sometimes it said it looked smeared. At one point, Minnie said it squirted out of the floor like a sprinkler. And in other sources, it said it was oozing out from the wall. So it was very difficult to get an exact picture of how it looked like the house was bleeding. Interesting. So did they ever search for fingerprints? Good question. None of the articles or sources ever said or mentioned anything about getting fingerprints. I would assume that they did try to do that, but they only found like Minnie's and Williams and maybe their family's fingerprints. So I guess this is why they think there wasn't a murder. That as well as how the blood looked in the house, according to the blood specialist. I mean, that would be my guess, but again, I don't know for sure. And this case to this day remains unsolved. All types of investigators have come out with different theories as to what they think happened the night of September 8th, 1987. We will dive into those theories after this commercial break. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Now back to the show. There have been multiple theories as to how that blood ended up all over the walls in the Winston household. The first theory is that this was all a hoax. There are two different ways that this theory goes, usually. One is that the Winstons didn't necessarily want money or their 15 seconds of fame. What they wanted was attention from their children. According to Lieutenant Walker, the Winston family was having problems. Their children didn't want to come over to the house to visit them, so Minnie and William 
created a plan to steal blood from the medical facility where he was getting his dialysis done. Then, after they stole it, they would put it all over their house, and surely their kids would want to come check up on them to make sure that they were okay and want to see them more often after such a terrifying event. Then this would make sense why their security alarm never went off, and it explains where the blood came from. The problem is, it couldn't have been easy for two people to steal blood from a medical facility or a hospital, let alone both people being in their 70s. Additionally, wouldn't doctors or nurses notice a bag of blood missing there and possibly connect the dots of where it was? And there also isn't any solid evidence that links the Winstons to putting blood all over their house either. The other way this theory goes is that the Winston family was having problems, but it wasn't Minnie and William who put the blood everywhere. It was their children. One of the daughters worked at a hospital and had access to blood. She could have gotten it from the hospital's blood storage or from a biohazard waste bin as they didn't have as many regulations for that at the time. The children could have placed the blood all in their house in order to have William and Minnie declared incompetent for financial reasons or to put them in a nursing home. The children could have snuck in since they knew about the security alarm. They probably knew how to disable it and arm it again when they left. And if detectives took fingerprints, it wouldn't be unusual to find the children's fingerprints at the house because they had been there at the house before to visit. Not very often, but they had been there from time to time. The problem with this theory, though, is that there really isn't any evidence that one, any blood was stolen, and two, that anyone had been at their house besides Minnie and William that day. Some think it could be possible that the Atlanta police found out it was a hoax, but wanted to save the family any additional embarrassment and just stopped the investigation without telling the public what really happened. But again, that's just a theory. But then again, another thing to add with both of the hoax theories is that in 1987, it was the peak of the AIDS crisis and blood was heavily guarded and secured. One detective even looked into blood banks to see if anything was missing, but those too were entirely guarded. So this would have been very difficult to take blood at this time. And on top of this, the whole family had spotless records. There is another theory that there was a bleeding intruder. Earlier, we discussed that the doors were locked and that the security alarm was on, but what if Minnie was mistaken? She did have a really long day and was exhausted as it was close to midnight. Maybe she thought she locked the door and set the alarm, but really didn't. And I know why sometimes I think I did something and it turns out that I actually completely forgot and I was remembering another day. According to this theory, someone could have been bleeding a lot and came into the house to either find a way to heal themselves, like a towel to wrap around their injury or something, but didn't want to disturb anyone. Or maybe it was someone that had the intention of robbing them. They came in, hurt themselves somehow, and then left quietly before anyone found out they were even there. 
Again, there is no evidence for this theory either, but it does explain how the blood got there, how someone was able to get in, and how the blood was someone else's. Another twist to this theory is that some believe it could have been a cruel prank or the landlord trying to get them to leave the neighborhood. The Winstons rented the house on 1114th Fountain Drive, and some have wondered if the landlord had wanted them out for some reason. Another idea that has been brought up was maybe it was a land developer looking to scare a neighborhood into leaving and selling for a little money so that they could buy up all the houses and make a profit. For the landlord, they might have been able to get into the house undetected because they knew the house, but for the land developers or anyone else, this would have been more difficult. Another thing to add is this theory also doesn't answer where they got the blood either. The last theory is that the house on 1114 Fountain Drive was haunted. At one point, detectives looked into the history of the house. They read that one of the previous owners died from an accident. People wondered if he haunted the house because the anniversary of his death was around the same time as when the blood appeared in the house. The previous owner died in the house from internal bleeding after a car accident. Others have added it could have been the work of a demon. One of the lab techs even mentioned that the home gave her a creepy feeling and she had heard rumors of the Winston home being a hub of supernatural activity. Kurt Rowlett, the writer who interviewed many later on after the event, explained, quote, After all things considered, a paranormal event seems to be as likely an explanation as any other that has been proposed to date, end quote. So what happened in the Winston household that fateful night? Could it have been a hoax? Some have said it could have been William and Minnie themselves trying to get attention from their children, or that it could have been the daughter trying to get their parents legally declared incompetent for financial reasons. Could it have been a bloody intruder that entered the home, a cruel prank, or could it be possible that their house really was haunted? What do you think, Brooke? I think I overall think it was either the Winstons or the Winstons kids behind this or definitely someone that they knew. I feel like it could have been a publicity stunt or the motive makes sense to get your family involved after they refused to talk to you or this argument that they supposedly had or I could see the kids pouring blood in their house to deem someone crazy too. That kind of makes sense. I think with a lack of evidence for a crime, the no fingerprints other than family, and the alarm not going off solidifies that someone knows that this happened and that it was someone in the family. It's also a little weird to me that Minnie changed her story and talked about it being rug dye at one point after she claims that the blood was coming out of the floor like a sprinkler while she was in the bathtub. Like, that's that's weird. To go from rug dye to something is pouring out like a sprinkler when you first claimed that it happened. Another weird thing is that technically both sides of the family could have had access to obtaining blood or blood bags. So, like, I have zero access to getting blood or blood bags. So, (laughs) same. And for them to have like double access, I mean, 
but <laughs> I don't know how else you'd get blood without like hurting somebody. <laughs> so and it, they didn't hurt themselves. The only other theory I think it could be would be the haunting theory. I think that the house could be haunted and that's why it was dripping blood. But I don't know. I just I just feel like somebody knows what happened for real. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> My first thought when reading this case was that the red liquid wasn't actually blood, but it just looked like it. And it was some weird liquid that was coming from the house, like rust and mud and water or something along those lines. But then it actually was human blood. And that was wild. I was not expecting that. My second thought was that it was a bleeding intruder. Maybe this intruder was so nauseous and disoriented from losing blood that he or she stumbled into the house. The problem I see with this, though, is that the person definitely would have been passed out or died due to the blood loss. The investigators in this case talked a lot about how much blood there was all over the house. And it doesn't seem like someone could have gotten far without losing that much blood. Or I would think that someone would have been found dead somewhat close to the house, but that never happened. As for being paranormal, the Winstons said that nothing paranormal ever happened in the house. And this was the first instance of anything weird. So I don't know. I just there's not a whole lot going for that theory for me. So I think it had to be a hoax, whether it was Minnie and William or their children. It seems to check most of the boxes, and all of the other theories just don't seem to add up. The biggest thing I was most caught up on was how did Minnie take a bath and come out and then find the blood in the bathroom without hearing anyone or seeing anything? I just, unless she just missed not seeing the blood, went to go take a bath and then came out and there it was, I just... It just seems very suspicious to me. So I'm going to lean toward it being their children or Minnie and William because they both had access to blood and could have gone into their house or were already in their house. But what do you all think? Did the Winston house actually bleed that night? It was considered one of the strangest mysteries to date in the Atlanta area. At one point in the investigation, Kevin Fourier, a police spokesman, told the public that they are going to find a logical explanation because, quote, it's not going to be a, you know, the house bleeds, end quote, conclusion. But a quote unquote logical answer was never discovered, even after over 30 years after the incident occurred. So does that mean 1114 Fountain Drive? really is the house that bleeds? Thank you guys for tuning in today and diving into this mystery with us. Go check out our website if you want to see our sources, pictures, and other information from this episode at curlyconspiracies.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok and search for the handle curlyconspiracies.
This podcast is brought to you by Megwa Rin Productions. Brooke Sasser is a scriptwriter, host, and researcher. Holly Lowerman is a scriptwriter, host, and researcher. Chris Sasser Photography and Graphic Design. Roundtable Audio Productions. And the theme music is composed by Victor Wayne Music Production in Invado Market.